All right, you're listening to a very special review cast edition of The Chomp Cast. Uh, that's right, the crew you know and love is here, and we are breaking down three games that we got review codes for to give them the Chomp Cast review treatment. Those games are, of course, Mortal Shell, the Souls-like game that's uh, getting a lot of buzz, The Suicide of Rachel Foster, uh, a new indie game kind of along the lines of like What Remains of Edith Finch, and, of course, Paradise Killer, a cyberpunk detective game of sorts. So uh, it's going to be a fun show. Let's get to some real quick introductions. Who's talking here with me today on the review cast? Rich joins us from New York, of course. Uh, Rich, Mortal Shell, I described it as the Dark Souls of uh, Hermit Crab games, or the Hermit Crab game of Dark Souls. Are you pro Hermit Crabs or against Hermit Crabs? I need to know. It's very important. In our government? Just in general. I need a hard stance on Hermit Crabs. I don't feel particularly strongly about hermit crabs mm. that's the fucking problem with this goddamn country rich nobody feels strongly about hermit- yeah that's the problem God that's damn. the squeaky wheel uh did you have you did not have a hermit crab as a pet which i always thought was a pretty lame pet <laughs> no my parents love yeah me. it's not just a lame pet because it doesn't do much it's a lame pet because the tank always stinks mm-hmm. uh <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is. It's such. I was just crack up when I see that. Like, yeah, a hermit crab. What? What a wonderful fucking pet that no, is. No, I mean um, the hermit crabs. Since since apparently Rich doesn't feel strongly, uh, I, I'm against. 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 There it's we go. a Thank step you, below the Thank pet you rock. For- <laughs> no, well, wait, hold on, hold, hold on, because the pet rock you can infuse with your imagination, but mm-hmm. the hermit crab. Yeah, but the pet rock. The hermit crab smell. will always be a fucking hermit crab. <laughs> The pet rock doesn't smell. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point, though. The only limitation of the pet rock is your own imagination. The, thank you. That's, of course, Josh joining us from Michigan. Josh was actually thinking about, we were talking about Blu-rays before we started recording. I was thinking about the Prometheus Blu-ray I bought because both with my you, intro here, Mortal Shell is a game where you inhabit human bodies like a hermit crab would inhabit shells. But also the foundling or the the creatures in those games, the beings that inhabit the human bodies they look like those white bald aliens from prometheus um do you have a are you anti are you pro or uh against prometheus is anyone watching raised by wolves (laughs) i you know i'm not but i've heard good things i need to start Uh, yeah I always, it's always the generic answer I've heard. It's got things. androids with milk in them. You oh, know, you the f- classic Ridley Scott. You sold me with milk. so Milk in them. Milk in them <laughs> androids. <laughs> milk in them droids, Josh. You know, it's a good time. Um, did have that. No, but seriously, like those foundlings in this game and Mortal Shell remind me a lot of those weird people from Prometheus. But uh, uh, I'm, of course, General Mountain Time Morgan here from Montana. And. No, this seems, I'm really excited to talk about these games with you. Um, I do. Let's 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 lead in with Mortal Shell. I'm excited to talk to you about Mortal Shell. So, I've never personally talked to you guys about your stances on the the Souls games. I know Josh, I've known you for a long time, so I know you love Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all those kind of games. Rich, have you ever? Or, you don't really talk about it too often. What's what's your feeling on the From Software games? Uh, Bloodborne is my favorite of those games. Um, I also really like Sekiro, but I never, I, I, Sekiro is something I really kind of want to get a chance to put more time into. Yeah. Um, cause I really did not put much time into it. It's brutal. Uh, Sekiro is a brutal game. I, I, I love the Souls games. Bloodborne 
was more of my preference. And I did, at the time, like, thinking back on it, I remember Demon's Souls more fondly than I do Dark Souls, which is why I'm excited for that remaster. Yeah. But uh, but barring that, I, I know Mortal Shell is in that sort of camp so i'm interested to kind of hear what your thoughts on it because it kind of came out of nowhere like i hadn't heard much about it and then suddenly a lot of people were talking about it yeah what i look for those people that are really into those games those souls games they'll they'll start buzzing and they'll just start messaging me or contacting me about certain games and mortal that was one of the reasons mortal shell came on my radar it's only 30 bucks developed by cold symmetry um it was released on august 18th so it's we're a, a bit late to the party um but i do want to thank uh, evolve for the the codes on this one. So here's the deal. I'm a with you, Rich. Bloodborne is my favorite of those games as well, and and I've dipped into them all to varying degrees. The thing I loved immediately about this game was that it kept a lot of the weirdness of Bloodborne. Like, remember that area in Bloodborne, like that weird swamp area with all the witches and stuff like that. I'm, yeah, it's like um, a lot, like I'd say a little bit past like the mid portion of the game. And like the the first area in Mortal Shell is called Falgrim, and it basically is like kind of a swampy area with like poisonous frogs. I sent you guys that picture of that gigantic, like creepy looking frog that was in that swamp, and I was like walking by this giant frog, and I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to get eaten or killed by this frog. But it was actually, um, it, you can talk to the character, which is kind of kind of weird. So the premise of this game is that you are a, called a foundling and you're sort of like this being, this weird sort of basic alien being, um, very muscular. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you kind of look like the white, bald aliens from Prometheus, all pale and really like jacked looking, but almost like skeletal. And you Just like sexy. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, I mean, it's just, uh, just dripping raw sexuality at its most primal core. Um, you, yeah, this is the perfect male body. You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. It's, <laughs> it, this is the truth. It's got a very short but effective tutorial. You're in sort of like this, you're waiting around this mysterious, almost like dreamscape where it's like wading through water up to like ankles or so. You fight a couple like tutorial bosses. Um, and the hook of the game, this is very important. The hook of the entire game is this really cool hardening mechanic and you know i'm all down for a nice hardening mechanic um so (laughs) as josh shakes his head so it's really cool though josh so what it is is you once you have this it's like a meter that fills up it's on like a mild cooldown, and when it's full you can hold l2 to basically turn yourself you freeze in place and you turn into like a hard crunchy shell and when you do that you cannot get hurt so you absorb, um, you absorb damage and temporarily. And now it's time. They're like, for example, one of the first abilities I could learn extended that by the duration by two. So like, you know, twice as long. Uh, but it's cool. So like, let's say you're fighting guy, boom, 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 and he swings back to hit you, and you can at any moment you can just hold L two, and you'll harden up. And then you'll absorb that damage. And there's some cool abilities in the game, like there's an item that you can, for example, you can consume that whenever you're hit by an enemy while you're hardening, you get that um, that damage back as life and stuff like that. And at first I was like, oh, this seems like it's going to make the game too easy. But no, it's not like that at all. Because the cooldown and you can get surrounded by enemies and it's sort of like a really cool emergency escape plan. So you know how like sometimes you're playing these games and you're doing really well and then you'll find yourself like backed into a weird corner or something and shit can spiral out of control fast, you know? 
Basically gives you a mulligan. Yeah. Yes, yes. But the even cooler is there is a second mulligan. So this is the other cool thing about the game. Once, um, per like a character's lifespan or what have you, once you inhabit these mortal shells, you can get knocked out of them. So what happens is at the beginning of the game, your little alien-like foundling creature finds a dead body. It's like the basic-looking warrior. It looks like an homage to Dark Souls. It looks like that very basic warrior character from Dark Souls. And it's just a dead person. Just a dead person. And you walk up, and you, it's like this sort of this mystical-looking sequence. You put your hands on its, on the person's dead eyes. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Make your, make your joke. <laughs> you can't tease me like that. You can't just make those faces. <sighs> All right. Well, when you type the joke, and I'm going to make it. You do exactly what you think you'd do with a dead body. Cold dead eyes. Uh, and it basically you just it's exactly what it sounds like. You sort of consume these creatures and you wear the body as and there's these really cool quotes in the game like um, the body is the human body is not much more than a sleeve and all this weird stuff. Because um, you're wearing the the human body as a sleeve, right? Um, and as a shell, if you will. As a shell, I like this. I like the terminology of the sleeve because it just sounds grosser. Apparently, they didn't like it that much because they used shell in the title, like a well, wizard's sweet sleeve. They, they put there's a quote <laughs> in the game that says there's there's one point in the game where they show you a quote. I forget exactly where it is, but it says a man is no more but a sleeve. Like they do refer to that in the actual game, but yes, a shell sleeve, if you will. Um, so, anyways, you can get knocked out of your shell once, which means like. When you die the first time, you know how, remember Sekiro had like the double life thing where you could die and then come back and how that was kind of helpful? This mm-hmm. game has a cool thing where you get knocked out and you you fly out of the human form. It's like, and you see your weird Prometheus looking character stumble out and then you have to survive and kill that enemy with the frail little Prometheus character. And if you do, you can jump back into your heart and your, your, your fleshy body with full health. Um, but the next time you die, you'll be dead. So the cool thing is it gives you a second chance, but like conceptually, it's, there's a nice challenge because unless you have an enemy that's almost dead and they knock you out, you just got to kind of... It's st- not going to happen. Yeah, you just got to stay alive like, long enough to kill them and then you can get back in your in your skin. Um, in your mortal shell. your mortal shell. There are four mortal shells and they're scattered around from what I've seen, the first primary area, which is cool. So you can actually find all four mortal shells within the first few hours of the game. And... They all play very differently, but it's it's pretty standard stuff. Like they're basically different classes. Um, there's like a scholar character that has uh, pretty high resolve. There's a a knight character I found who has very strong durability. Like his health is like crazy high, but he's terrible stamina. Like you swing three times, and he's already in the problem zone. Right. Um, and they all look really interesting. And the cool thing is when you find when you first find the mortal shell, you have to bring it back to sort of like this, uh, you know, like all these games, they have sort of like a hub zone or whatever. Well, there's a, yeah. there isn't really a generic hub zone in this game, but there are elements that you'd find in a hub zone that move in each of the different zones. So there's like this lady that you can talk to and she helps you. There's like a camp in each yes, of the zones. There's like a little yeah. camp in each zone. And there's a lady you talk to, and the first thing you do is you find out your name. And it's it's such a little thing to do, but like the, whenever you talk to this lady and you do your first level up, before you can learn any abilities, it says you have to learn your name. And you go, and you get like this little snippet of their past, and, and it's fully voice acted and everything. It's like, I'm Sir, blah, blah, blah. And they like give you some quote about what they were doing or their mission or what have you. And you actually like learn about these four people, these mortal shells you're inhabiting. And I'm 
still learning about the lore. I'm wondering if all four of them were on some quest together or if they were like, you know, doing their own thing and sort of conjoined in some way. It's very weird. It's very weird, but I like the idea. It sounds interesting. Yeah, it's 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 a really cool concept from a gameplay perspective that bleeds over narratively in an interesting way. And they do a little bit more, like you know how Dark Souls games and Bloodborne games they have great lore to them. That's pretty much all they are is like weird stuff and then lore. If you want to dig into it, they're not like heavily narrative driven. Um, there's a, there's these nice little sort of simple um, cutscenes in the game that do just enough to kind of show. Um, a cinematic side, which I really like. Like I said, every time you find a mortal shell, it's kind of like a very short, like 30 second cutscene where you walk up to the body and it's very mystical and cinematic and cool. Um, but the gameplay itself is, yeah, if, you, if you've played one of these games, it's very methodical. You're kind of making your way through all these, these zones that have lots of sort of twisting corridors and labyrinths and things like that. And, um, you just, you know, you kind of methodically make your way through. If you die, you get back to your, your form or your shell and you get your points. Just like any of these games, like Bloodborne, you know, we collect blood echoes and stuff. In this game, you collect yeah, tar, yeah. which you can use to buy stuff. Love tar. Tar, yes. Tar is great for buying stuff. Um, it's, it's all that same kind of stuff. I think the hook with this game that's so cool is, is like the art direction just the general weirdness of the world and the gameplay hooks that are built around the mortal shell concept are really fun. And it's not as punishing so far as some of those dark souls games can be. It also sounds like there's enough difference there. Like there's, there's already more difference mechanically than I, I thought there would be like that. That stuff sounds interesting to me. Me too. Wait, wait, I did hit a point like after the first night, which was having a great time where I was like, Oh no, maybe this is going to be too hard. I don't, I, I kind of hit a point in the second zone where everything seemed too strong, and I was like, what do I do here? I I went to upgrade the abilities, and they seemed fine. Like, oh, you can harden your shell twice as long. And I'm like, okay, that's great and all, but that's not the problem. The problem is I'm not killing things fast enough, and I'm dying too quick, right? But just the... Maybe there's more shells. Well, I just started talking... You know how these games are. You kind of have to learn the weirdness of the game through either talking to people that you know that play it or looking online or just experimenting, however you want to do it. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I went and found a couple more mortal shells, and I found a couple that I liked. Like I kind of like that big heavy knight character with all the durability. Um, I also found out how to upgrade weapons because it was it seemed a little more confusing and obtuse than it needed to be. I know that sounds it's not as simple as like in Bloodborne where you take a bunch of echoes back and go strength up a point. It's not like that. Um, you have to you find these really sort of weird cryptic items and. I think because these games are so cryptic, I was making it more complicated than it needed to be because once I figured out what I needed to do, I was just like, okay, this is not that complicated. It was just a very rare item I had to find and start pumping it into that weapon. Um, so I found this rare item. I put it into my sword. Um, I had, I found, I think I had found two of them and I bought another one. I kind of grinded and bought another one. And then I started killing stuff much more quickly. I went through the whole first zone. I found a couple more items and I got that feeling you get in these games where you start to feel like you're not just better, but also a little stronger. Cause at some point, even though you're getting better at the game, it can be, you can feel like the odds are just a little too unsurmountable and you start to not really enjoy yourself as much. Um, and I had this great moment. There's these like boss characters you have to battle to gain new weapons. And I was getting my ass kicked by this one. He felt impossible. Once I upgraded my weapon a little bit and I went through the whole first area with in great detail, I got all the mortal shells or what have you and found one that I liked. I went back and I kicked that, that dude's ass. 
Uh, he was like sort of like this dream guy you fight in this dreamscape, and you have to a dream guy. So he was handsome, very dreamy, very dreamy, so dreamy. Uh, <laughs> and it's these it's this really cool thing you do in all the zones where you want to get new weapons and basically you just have to defeat a boss to get a weapon. But like the way they present it is is really mysterious and, and cool. Um, I don't want to give away too much of the weirdness of the game because I think that's part of the appeal. I will say that just to give people an idea of how weird it is in a way that I like, I sent you guys a video of this in, in the Skype chat. There's a giant fish um, called the worm fish that's swimming around. There's a bunch of them while you're fighting those boss characters to get those weapons. And whether you want to leave or you kill the boss, the worm fish has to swallow you. It swims down into the water and then it like spits you out in these other worlds. It's very strange. But yeah, the fish actually eat you and spit you out in this other place. Why? Who fucking knows? <laughs> Such is his role in the world. Yes. Um, and that, yeah, that's. Who are you to question your station in life? That's why I sent you guys that video because it just looks really cool. There's a lot of like little sort of subtle things like that in the game that I really like. Like, Josh, I sent you the bats. It's just got a really nice art direction to it. It doesn't, you know, for only a $30 game, the production values were better than I expected them to be. And I think it's because the game is more condensed. From what I heard, it's only three areas. Like, I've, I've been to all three areas, um, but. I cannot say for sure that's all there is, but I think there's just three big zones, and they're all mm. really cool looking. But I think that was the goal, is they wanted to make a more condensed um, Dark Souls kind of experience, um, which, and, and you're selling it for only 30 bucks. So, but like, for me, I was on the fence about it. I'm like, I've enjoyed some of these games. I love Bloodborne, but like, there's something about it that just looked intriguing to me. And yeah, now that I've played it, it's I'm really really loving the hell out of it at some point will it get too difficult and will it beat me into submission I don't know at this point I'm still loving the hell out of the game so um it's like a weird sort of artsy spin-off to Dark Souls in many ways that pays homage to Dark Souls like even with the first character looking just like the Dark Souls Knight you know what I mean um but the gameplay mechanics and just the vibe and everything have set it apart enough for me. I, I'm really loving it. Weirdly hmm. enough, Josh, the two games I've reviewed for this show are... I was telling my wife about this earlier. I was like, these are totally Josh games. I don't know how I ended up reviewing a Dark Souls game and an indie game like Edith Finch. I don't know what's going on in the world. But um, <laughs> they're both very much like... Uh, like Josh, Josh and I are games. super busy right now. That That's what's going on. Yeah. I mean, both the, both the games that we just got with, with Moon and Paradise Killer are deceptively long because um, they look straightforward. Yeah. The worlds aren't that big, but it's one of those things that you, you end up having to explore them top to bottom. Yeah. It's like it, it almost forces you to do a completionist run just just to play through the games. It's kind of... Just because more so that's the way I play games. Mm-hmm. Well, not even that. Like, I mean, you don't have to be completionist completionist for them, but you, you, you need to be close. Of this you stuff. need to be close on on both yeah. of these. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's, and like I said, I'll, I'll, for the most part, I will leave it there. There's a lot of stuff that I wish I could dig into, but I part of these what I think is cool about this game and these games is discovering things on your own. So, in some ways, you want to be able to tell yeah. the you know enough in your review to make it interesting, but like, or our discussion, I should say, but you don't want to give too much away. And I think that's that's where I pretty much want to leave it. But um, it's got a nice hook. 
and I like their artistic take, sort of their, their mysterious take to to what they're doing. So I think it's got a good look, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, again, like just hearing you talk about some of the plot stuff, it sounds more interesting. It sounds the differences between that and a typical Souls game sound like more than I yeah. was expecting. No, that, I, I like I like I like some of the conceits there because a lot of them, a lot of the Souls like games have been, it's Dark Souls, but it's anime. It's it's Dark Souls, but there's loot. Um, yeah, yeah. And this sounds like at least they kind of changed up a little bit with the systems to make it its own thing, which I, I like. I, I like they kind of moved it's away from Josh. just, you know, a surface level thing to yes. to change up how it works. It, it sounds decidedly unique in ways I didn't expect. And that's how I think they were able to gain some of this buzz and get noticed. Because, you know, Dark Souls games... No- also, that $30 price tag definitely yeah. helps. yeah. And those games are like a dime a dozen. I don't mean that in a negative way. But like for it to kind of stick out, you have to be a little more unique now. And Josh, the cool thing I think that you'll appreciate in a weird way is like, like you know how in Bloodborne, you, it was kind of nice that you could grind if you got stuck. You know, I like that there was an option. But like in this game, for the most part, other than buying a couple items, when you're grinding for that tar and what, you're spending that on abilities. I didn't. Well, I was scanning through all the abilities, and from what I saw, it didn't look like it's not like oh, you're jazzing up your strength or all this stuff. It's like ability-based things that change how the gameplay works, which mm. is interesting. But it's it's very different than what you've probably seen in, in yeah. a lot of these games. I'm actually not a huge fan of that personally. Um, that was actually one of my only complaints about Sekiro was that a couple of the parry options were locked behind abilities that you had to get. Mm, Whereas, like, the Souls games generally, you've had the full toolkit right from the beginning. And you just got to kind of feel out what you like using. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, I have a... I have a parry already. That I don't know. That's that's a fair point. What I mean is that like each each character yeah. has their as long own as you're not like abilities. completely locked out of something, it's a, it's fine. But like Sekiro, like the spear parry is is locked. It's like super oh, early on. You can saying. get it right yeah, away, but yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, you can still avoid it. You can still just like dodge away from the thing, but not being able to parry some of those things just fundamentally changes the way you play the game in a way that I, I I don't know it not that I'm personally doing it but I like the idea of you know there are a ton of people who do go through Dark Souls with just like you know um, the you know no upgrades no equipment runs and stuff um, it's cool that the uh, that feels more accessible yeah so I'm, I'm curious if that's still even an option here or if it's like you're just you, you can't even really interact with some of the things you need to without upgrades. So I'm, I'm well, curious to see if he, that. Here are some ex- very brief examples. There's this one character called Solomon the Scholar, um, and he has an upgrade called um, uh, Accretion of Endurance, increased chance to heal when you kill an enemy with a weapon ability. That's for example, that's one that you can upgrade. Uh, Accretion of Foresight, become familiar with items more quickly, gain glimpse when reading lore. For the, so it's one of those games where like. If you use a mushroom ten times, then whenever you go to use that mushroom from then on, I don't know if that's a Dark Souls thing or not. To be honest with you, I'm not super familiar with that. More but of it's a called, King's it's, Quest thing, but yeah, yeah, it's it's like a familiarity thing. Like if you use this item ten times, then then when you go to use it again, you obviously have familiarity with it, so it mm-hmm. works much better. Um, so like, uh, let's just the first ten times I tried to use my coffee maker, I would break it, mm. but now I'm pretty familiar yep. with it. 
It's the same concept. A question of urine. Yeah. When talking to an NPC, gain a segment of resolve. See, those, Since shit is things. not here, I'm going to help you. Because uh, he's going to be cringing. I, I really thought you wanted to do it, Josh. I saw your face every time. and I'm... Accretion. Accretion? There you go. Okay, we'll just edit all this out. We'll just forget it ever happened. Nah, I'm the one editing this. We will not. <laughs> Um, I've literally never heard that. I want to look up that word right now. Accretion. It sounds sexual, but I know it's not. It's the, the same root as secretion. So you can kind of. Uh, yeah. The process of growth or increase typically by the gradual accumulation of additional layers of matter. Mm-hmm. So it could be sexual. So just growth. Okay. Just growth. Well, that's a pretty fancy way of saying growth. Um, yes. Accretion. See, look, we learned something today. Um, so yeah, I'm, like I said, I was torn on those abilities at first cause I'm like, these seem interesting, I guess, but like this, I don't feel like this is going to help me get better. And then I upgraded the weapon and I felt like I was having a lot more fun. Now that could be a, a negative. If you look at it that way, you could say, well, just upgrading the weapons, but I'm just saying that's, that was my experience so far. And I started enjoying the game a lot more. So, um, I still want to spend a lot more time with it, even though I have spent a good amount of time with it. So I've been, I've been playing it like crazy since I got the code on Monday and I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, anyway, that is Mortal Shell. If you are interested, that is rundown from my perspective. So I would say I'm enjoying it not as much as Bloodborne, but definitely more than Dark Souls 3 for me. Um, so you guys played Paradise Killer. Paradise Killer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like it's important that we say the title. Oh, so so people know correctly. that there's Killa. an ER and not an A there. Oh, yeah, that's they really missed uh, the opportunity there. I think. Yeah, jo- Josh and I are both kind of like waning into the final act of Paradise Killer. Um, it is, and I guess to I do want to say quickly, it's developed by Kaizen GameWorks, published by yes. Fellow Traveler, and being fairly well received critically right now. It's really fucking good. Um, it's it's sort of a weird taste because it feels like almost this meshing of like this investigative open world game and almost like a, a visual novel. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I think in our other podcast, I explained it as like Ace Attorney on Coke. Um, uh, I like it. That's the my, my quick, my quick pitch is like, first off the world is bonkers and we'll get into that in a minute. But imagine if like an Ace Attorney game opened with, okay, this is the case. Now, you've got as much time as you want to explore this huge open world and gather as much or as little evidence as you want and then go to trial. Mm-hmm. As much time as you want? Literally, you can just pick to go to trial right when at the beginning. You can. You, you could immediately you go you to can, trial and just have no evidence or and any idea you what's start happening. In the judge, yeah. You start in the judge's chambers and you could just be like, yep, I'm ready to go to trial. That's crazy. Yeah, when you guys were talking about trial, I'm like, oh, that's cool. There's a trial. That's nice. It's a nice little. Yeah, you know, you don't, not enough video games end with a nice trial. We need. It's a it, it's a murder mystery. So I mean, I'll I'll give you the quick is it, pitch for. Well, the, I had one quick story. question for you though. Is it like? Yeah. Would you say that con, like content wise, like is it like really mature, like dark, kind of twisted stuff? Is it lighthearted? It's, yes. Uh, it's. Yes, it's, but not in the like the murder itself. It's all is those fine, things, but like more so. When Rich was talking about the world, uh, it's bizarre. It's like all basically all the different gods and a bunch that you've never heard of because they're completely new um, for this game are different aliens that have come to the world and apparently bestowed immortality on 
however many certain people, people uh, who have kind of banded together to to then worship to those gods um, uh-huh. as a group called the Syndicate. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Who, who and, now basically like, rule the, the world and you know conduct a bunch of human sacrifices and stuff. Yeah, as a matter of course. Like that's is it is it Island Twenty Five? Is that the Islander? Uh, you're Paris? on Twenty Four. That you're and they're, yes, okay. they're moving to Twenty Five and yes. I was just making sure I was correct in this. So the, the conceit of the way this world works is because this group was formed. Basically, uh, they create an island, and it's supposed to be this perfect world. Like with every implementation of it, they get closer and closer to a perfect world. Uh, something inevitably bad always happens, and the island becomes overrun with demons. At which case they destroy it and start with a new island. Um, on the eve uh, that Island 24 is supposed to be destroyed and Island 25 is supposed to be born, these, this board of directors gets together for the syndicate and they are all murdered. Um, so the island is never formed. Mm. You're playing as a character named Lady Love Dies, mm-hmm. who is a former investigator for the syndicate who I believe was exiled for fucking a demon. Is that correct, Josh? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> essentially, kind of? Essentially, there are now different gods. Attention. Like I mentioned, the, dif- the, the gods are all aliens from somewhere out in space that have to make a connection with somebody to make their way to Earth. To become manifest yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, one of the gods, which wasn't the one they worship, tricked her into allowing him to get a foothold there and he let a bunch of demons in uh and i I think she was responsible for destroying island 14 i think it was 14 yeah 14 when you check in she's been exiled for three million days yeah um and basically what happens is the night after this board is killed the judge makes the call to bring you back in order to investigate this murder the conceit of the judge as a character might be one of my favorite things Because basically, it's a person who gave up their consciousness um, to become one with the island in order to become totally impartial and serve as the island's judge. Yeah. That the, the way you guys are talking about this game, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of it sounds like when you say stuff like "been exiled for millions of years," it just sounds like you're on three million acid or days. Something. Yeah. It, okay. What the fuck? Why would you keep time in that manner? <laughs> There's literally a board in the apartment where she's keeping track <laughs> three million of it. dashes and uh, cross hashes. Um, okay. So is so how does the de- how does the actual like detective work work? Like you just walk up to people it, and start asking questions. Yes, that's the stuff that feels very visual novelly. Like you're walking around this island and you'll go question people, and then you can kind of make notes where you connect it. Like you're trying to keep track of people's possible motives and alibis, making sure testimonies don't conflict with each other. Okay. Um. Uh, the first person I questioned, I believe, after getting out of the main apartment was my favorite character in the game, uh, local physician, Dr. Doom Jazz. Mm-hmm. Dr. Doom Jazz. Uh, um, and, and when you look at these character bios, Josh and I talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, that's one of the crazier parts of it, because the world's so fucking weird, but it's still clearly Earth, and because all these syndicate members were made immortal, like, you'll look at the bio for, like, Dr. Doom Jazz, and it's just this dude with cyborg arms and a mohawk, but his bio will be, like, Born Scotland, 891 A.D. <laughs> it's, it's just so like, random. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so random. Yeah, like, it's essentially a, it, for all of 
the normal Earth's history, these religious wars were actually caused by, you know, the different gods controlling people. And then eventually, I, I mentioned this to you at the time, uh, they don't call him this by name, but the silent goat, who is clearly Satan, is the one that they're yes. they're worshipping, who has given all these people immortality to begin with. Um, the silent yes. goat. Um, the fuck is it? It's, yeah, anyway, <laughs> but like... This? Yeah, all these different wars that happened that were, you know, do I actual historical wars were like playing this game. Is that no, it, it, it takes would, care it of help. itself. Yeah, no, you really don't. I, it could only add to the experience. Yeah, there we go. Um, so how uh, this? The one thing I was curious about the soundtrack sounded great, but like, is it just sort of it's very synthy? Is that just sort of like synth is bumping when you're talking to people? How how does that play into the flow of the game? I mean, it, I think, like, they kind of tone it down a little bit when you're talking to people to make it more smooth, but, I mean, it, it's a huge world to explore. Music's bumping all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, oddly like enough, it's it's like... It's a first-person exploration oh, game okay. at, at yeah. most points, yeah. For, yeah, for the, the majority, well, I don't know, yeah, probably majority of it you're exploring because you're still trying to find okay. evidence and stuff in that open world. And, oddly enough, um, it's the same system as Moon, where you've got a bunch of different tracks... Um, that you can pick to uh, to listen to while you're going through. To, yeah. You you can choose to just listen to whatever the island would be pumping out in a certain area. In that area, um, yeah, because yeah. they've got like you know music throughout the throughout the island. But uh, the BGM control. Th- there's <laughs> yeah. like a speaker system with towers, and basically, when you're in an area, if you like interact with that speaker, you oh. you can you get, can take like, a, the music that's from that area, yeah. and add it to your so it's, thing. Oh, that's cool. So it's like a it's like a it's like yeah, it's like having your own giant jukebox for your whole city. In yeah, well, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. It's it's very much like Moon in that sense, where each area. And a couple areas you can't use your own collection because they wanted to like emphasize a thing, which they didn't moon in a few places. Like the the castle has its own soundtrack that it'll, it'll turn off your music for, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, there's there's and in the uh, um, yeah when the devs feel it, it warrants yeah, it, they'll they, they'll, yeah. they'll cut off your music and, and use something which is preset. you know they're, they're trying to get a point across the music at a certain point yeah. mm-hmm. exactly exactly. Uh, but like some of there's so many weird nuances to it like as you're gathering evidence like when you go up to talk to people like you can basically go into like questioning them or you'll see an icon that's like hang out um and the thing that's fun about that is depending on how you interact with people like sometimes hanging out with someone like they kind of let their guard down and they'll let something slip that'll give you like a new piece of evidence oh, like okay. I, I gathered some evidence by just hanging out with Dr. Doom Jazz because he's very flirty and I was receptive to it so he kind of let his guard down oh, and just like cool. gave me some information I didn't probe him for that's cool so it's yeah. not like your generic sort of interrogation you're just hanging out and then that's what people would do they would drop some sort of sh- I like that that's cool yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's like smart, cool things in there with the the writing and yeah. the characters are fucking bonkers. It's I this game's came out of nowhere for me, but I really fucking like it. Yeah, it's again, it's one of those things where like you're trying to learn the world to even solve the thing at the beginning, and it's I I called it a Satanist utopia, which is kind of what it, like these these guys essentially yeah, they're a- they've. 
mass enslaved all the rest of humanity. N- not all of them, just whoever they can fit on their island, because the rest of them they'll leave to, to their own devices. But whoever they can fit onto their island, they'll then use to, you know, do all the actual work for them. Um, it's 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 bizarre. It is just the the world building there of of you trying to solve a murder among these, you know, just just this insane group of uh of people um we didn't even mention uh shinji Josh. Oh, yeah uh yeah there's one of the first characters you interact with is a demon who appears in your apartment named shinji and uh one of my favorite stylistic choices is whenever you have a conversation with shinji he'll appear before you and he ends the conversation by cackling and then exploding yeah <laughs> every time every time uh, like you'll as one does mm-hmm. of course yeah. Uh, so, you, Rich, you said your favorite character was Doctor Doom Daddy. Doctor Doom Jazz. Doom Jazz. From the moment I that saw that name, I I knew I was sold at <laughs> Doctor Doom Jazz. Josh, what would you say your favorite go-to is if you had to pick one favorite character? Ooh. I mean, Josh, Doom Jazz has a mohawk and hangs out on a boat all the time. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> yeah, boat's pretty nice. Is there, is there any fishing in uh, Paradise Killer? Can I go fishing? No, there are fish, Not but that you I can't found. catch them. Um, Damn it. I don't know. I really like Lydia and Sam, who were two of your friends before you got exiled, yeah. um, mm-hmm. who are ex-assassins. Um, okay. Who have, you know, kind of taken up different roles since they got... Uh, Honored by like the gods changed. Um, to become immortal. Uh, so one's a bartender now. He's a skeleton. The, their story is so cool because they were assassins who eventually met because they were hired on opposite sides of a war and fought for months on end until eventually Lydia killed Sam and they had fallen in love during the fight. And as he dies, all his flesh melts away, and just his skeleton remains. Which is what he he's is. He's just a skeleton. Game, he's yeah. just he's a he's uh, a skeleton, um, and he confesses his love to even, her, and and is now immortal. That, so now she's dead. Now she's with a skeleton. Yeah. Yep. And that's not to mention the goat man who lives in the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> the goat. The go- I, see, I yeah, I need to definitely at least check this weird ass fucking game out. It sounds really weird. Paradise Killer is it almost uh, and again I think that more is like the Satanist vibes of it. It almost feels like an Ace Attorney game set in a Shin Megami Tensei game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like one of the first things I did because you can go talk to people and get leads and explore them, but I was like, the fuck is this world? There's a ziggurat up there. Let's let's go up there. Let's see what's, let's go check see what's that there. Out, yeah. Which is the first thing I did, which is the place where it, well, usually it's just where all the priests are on the island doing the usual just stuff. Just like the real world. But since they were transferring to a new island, they, well, they're not going to waste the time moving all the humans over to the new island. They'll just capture new ones once they get there. So yeah. this ziggurat was just covered in blood like the entire inside of it because they had killed every human on the island to uh just sacrifice them just as extra energy extra spiritual energy to move on to this next island 
Um, For the creation of Island 25. Yeah, yeah. to make their uh, perfect Island 25. And I'm just like, that was one of the first things I experienced after I got in there. I'm like, oh, oh, that's that's how this world works. And also they stress multiple times, like, Island 25 was it. It was going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It was. We were there. We figured it out. Yep. Paradise. Um, sort of. Uh, pri- uh, yeah, right. Uh, really briefly, primary criticism if you have one. What, what are you thinking for each of you? Um, there's nothing really stand like if you are not into like text heavy game like that is the loop here. This game is a lot of text and sorting through stuff. Um, it it is just basic like it's very visual novelly esque in that sense. So if you're not into that kind of thing, this game's not for you. Um. The world is pretty big at the beginning when you don't understand it. It's, it's one of those things where as you come to learn it, it the island's not all that big. Um, but right off... It feels overwhelming. It feels extremely start. overwhelming at the start because a lot of the areas are residential areas with like apartment complexes and stuff. And there is stuff hidden everywhere. Um, Holy shit. Okay. Most of it is just collectible stuff that is... Blood crystals. Flavor text or currency. Um, yeah. But there are some, like, you know, items that are important. Um, and you will get an ability that lets you see all of them, just, like, through walls and whatnot, so you can track them down easily. Um, but again, because I was kind of going off and exploring my own thing, and the upgrades you get that will allow you to do that are hidden right by the people and I kind of put that off for a long time. I would hear the sound effect for like an item and go looking for it. And I ended up distracting myself way longer than I probably needed to. Um, yeah. So it's one of those things just depending on the, the sort of gamer you are. Um, Hardcore. It can, it can end up wasting a lot of your time if you're trying to track down everything without the ability to make it easier to do so. Um yeah, like it, it, it can feel a little bit overwhelming at the beginning until you get that. Like it's there, there, there aren't a lot of upgrades you get, but most of them are gating in one way or another. Like that, um, I mean, not strictly gating because again, you can go right to the end. But if you're trying to find stuff, trying to get to a certain place, um, you get like upgrades to your computer that will allow you to hack through different doors. Um, you can go right to the end, just like Breath of the Wild, except if you had to build a case yeah. that Ganon had committed the atrocities before you mm-hmm. <laughs> before you went after him. Yeah, you get there. And, yeah. Uh, like, cool. you really want to do this? You sure this is the guy? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> Paradise Killer. Uh, if you're interested in Paradise Killer, uh, I was trying for it is only $20. Yeah, I'm playing the... We're both playing the Switch version, correct? Uh, I'm on Steam. You're on Steam. Yeah. I'm playing the Switch um, version. However, I would... Uh, it seems like it was built for a controller, from a, a lot of what I'm telling. It, it does weird things with the hmm. mouse, so... I feel like it probably would be fine with a mouse, but... It's mostly Switch, fine, you can, but... You can play it in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Cool. Paradise Killer. Um, I did want to briefly talk to you guys about... Killer. So, oh, every sorry, time. Sorry. Every time. Killer. It's an important distinction. Uh, not on a comically killer note, uh, as we change gears here on a very somber level. Uh, no, I so I got codes for 
a game called The Suicide of Rachel Foster, which, I, like I said, Josh, I thought this might have been up your alley, but you were busy, so I sort of ended yeah. up playing it by default. It was one I was interested um, in, but yeah, just trying to catch up on those other two have been... Uh... And, well, and yeah, it totally, well, it actually kind of worked out um, because, <laughs> because, like, I wasn't really intending on playing it. I was like, oh, this seems like a Josh game, so I'll I'll pick it up. And then, like, last night, I was cramming a bunch of stuff for the podcast. I played a bunch of Mortal Shell and Crash. And I was just going to, you know, throw it in and try and play as much as I could and then see how it it grabbed me. And I ended up staying up till like, 3 in the morning, and I finished it, which does not happen to me very often. (laughs) Um, So I do have some criticisms of the game that I'll get to, but I did want to say on face value for what it's worth – yeah, I ended up. I could like. I was so intrigued on where the story was going to go that I I ended up sticking it out till three in the morning. Now sometimes with a smaller game like that, you know you're kind of in the home stretch and it's hard to put it down. You know. Yeah. Um, it's like a, the whole game is like three hours long. I'd have to check specifically, um, and I kind of meandered a little bit. So, and some of it was me, and some of it was there's some a couple little frustrating gameplay things, but like I just had to know what was going to happen. Um, but like the reason I was interested in this game, Josh, is because like you don't see a lot of games with like just suicide right in the title, so I felt like they were going to go for some try and tackle some heavy subject matter, and I wanted to see how how they handled it. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, let's see here developed by 101 games um and it says read all games here as well and it's on playstation 4 xbox one and microsoft windows and Christmas. so i was just trying to i would want to make sure i had the the developer right as i was pulling it up here um okay so here's the deal josh you've played a lot of these games they they get sort of it's a, a lot of people use the you know negative connotation walking simulator this and that and to some degree, yes, it's built much like What Remains of Edith Finch and games like Gone Home and stuff where you're generally just walking around in first person and observing things, you know, observing p- things in the environment. There are no people that you interact with in this game at all. It's just your – there's there. it's very Firewatchy. I know you like mm-hmm. Firewatch a lot. It's very Firewatchy. There's one character you're talking to over the phone. I really love the conceit. It's a little bit, it stretches. I wouldn't say it stretches believability, but you're carrying around an early cell phone. It's like 93 Montana where this takes place. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly calling someone on one of those early ass, you know, gigantic goofy cell phones. Um, which is just silly because they needed they they had the setting down, but they needed a conceit for like constantly talking to someone, which is odd considering they just got cell service two years ago. uh, Yeah. 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 Hey, (laughs) Which is like a funny thing. I had no idea when I first started the game. I did not know it was like 1993 Lewis and Clark County, Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even like, there was an, I sent you guys a picture of this. There's an article at the end of the game you're reading um, without going to spoilers from an, from like a, it's like a newspaper clipping when you're yeah. solving this mystery. It says like Great Falls, Montana. Like I fucking live there. That's well, what, so I mean, I mean, there are three towns in Montana. I mean, you, you're. Yeah, there's four. They, <laughs> four towns. <laughs> Four and a half if you count uh, Belt. Mm. Um, but it's a real town, <laughs> Belt, Montana. No, it's so I just the theme of this game. There, there's some interesting things this plays with. I want there's the the main thing I want to stress with this game is the conceit is so interesting. You can't really get into spoilers without ruining the that push for wanting to see what comes next, right? Mm-hmm. Because the general conceit is that 
your father had an affair. He was like a 30-year-old man, had an affair with a 16-year-old girl, fell in love with her, and then she con- she committed suicide. And then that broke apart her family and your family. Um, and then whenever your family passes, your mother, basically, you own this hotel. It was uh, some. It's your family's property. And you lived there when you were younger, but of course... As you're older, you didn't want to be anywhere near this place you grew up with because that's where all these horrible things happened around this hotel. Um, But you go back to basically kind of make sure it's in fitting shape before you sell it because you want to get rid of it. So it's it's a pretty logical scenario. You know, the primary character, Nicole, has to go back to this hotel to see if if it's in – kind of check it's for condition and then – you know, basically make decisions to sell it. So she has to travel up this snowy area in Montana. And it's a nice conceit for spending – a, a bunch of time in an abandoned creepy hotel um, that you're also trying to un and then you as the player are learning more about everything that happened with your dad and his affair with that 16 year old girl and how it split everything up and how fucked up that was um, but I will say this obviously not everything's what it seems and that premise was so weird that I just wanted to know where it was going like I'm like is this a horror game is it a drama game is it a supernatural thriller? I had no idea. You have no idea what it's going to be. Like the the logo for the game is like a girl's um, retainer, and the retainer is upside down, and it looks like a butterfly. Uh, and I'm mm. obviously that's uh, the girl that committed suicide. I presume Rachel Foster. That's her name. So the sixteen year old girl that committed suicide. They just did. A, it's just a cool looking logo. But like you just want to know when you you get to this creepy hotel, you're like, okay, what happened? I want to learn about this. Um, but you're also kind of stuck in this because the snowstorm hits and you're stuck in this creepy hotel where all this crazy stuff happened in your past. And they just play with a lot of the natural things that, you know, if you were alone in a hotel, Josh, for a several days in a, in the middle of a blizzard out in the middle of nowhere in Montana, there's some, obviously some creepy shit that they, that they, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I understand that. I used to, uh, I had a job cleaning a church at night for, uh, for a oh, few that's years. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there is actually a, a little church in this game, too. It's a, one of those, like, it's like a church you'd build in a hotel, like sort of a passer-through church. Um, and I will say this. That's as far as I want to go into the story, Rich, yeah, it's crazy. The six, 16-year-old girl uh, has an affair with a 30-year-old man. She commits suicide. That's the premise. That was your dad. Um, and... The the I think the biggest frustration I have with the game, for the most part, is pretty straightforward. You walk around, you click on things. There's not really too much to criticize. I feel like the quality of the game is fine. It's only a twenty dollar game. Um, it seems on par with about Edith Finch, I would say. For the most part, I felt like it works, but you're not going to be blown away with the production values. But it's it, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, they, it's there to deliver a narrative, and as long as it can do that serviceably in a way that keeps you engaged. I think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most frustrating thing for me, my, my biggest criticism of the game, that this, the voice acting is a little up and down. Um, I'd say it's, it again, gets the job done, but I think my biggest criticism of the game is that there are these really cool gameplay ideas that kind of ended up getting a little frustrating for me. For example, and some of these, I don't want to give away. There was an object you have to use to follow a noise. Um, uh, it's you know I'm just gonna say it's it. an ear. I'm just gonna say it. It's one of those an things <laughs> that you. It's one of those things that like ghost hunters use, where they like follow noises like. Shh, 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 
shit. A tape recorder? And you listen for... No, it's like a little ghost... Tra- what the fuck are those things called? The ghost tracker radio thingies. A microphone. An EMF? Like, you're talking about that thing that people pretend tracks ghosts? Like an EMF thing? Yeah, and it can, like, hear... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically something like that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, you kind of hold it up to hear noises at the, in this one chapter, and the, the big chapter that got me was chapter 7, and it sounded like you're supposed to follow the noise. It's one of those simple gameplay mechanics. Follow the noise. But like it felt like I could hear the same level of noise from so many places, so I'm walking around this hotel for like 15 minutes, uh, and then it all... Oh, yeah, that's where the wiring was. It all <laughs> sounded the same. I'm like, I think it's getting louder this way, and then it would mm. trail off, and then I'd turn it, and be like, oh, it's getting... Like, um, there's some frustration. Can I ask, because I'm curious, were you playing the game with headphones? It feels... It could be one of those things that might have been easier with headphones. I'm just trying to spitball here, just out of curiosity. I was. I was playing with headphones. Yeah, mm. I actually play... Okay. I play everything with headphones because my daughter's sleeping in the other room. Um... Weirdly enough, so and maybe that was on me, but I just felt like I spent so much time wandering around that, like the tense sort of creepiness of wandering around with this thing, and it had passed, and you were like, "Can we just get to it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's another mm-hmm. uh, kind of clever part where you use—I don't know if you can even do this—but use a Polaroid camera. It's dark, so you lose power in the hotel, right? Kind of creepy. You have to use a Polaroid camera to use the flash to light your way, right? You get that short flash. And you can just keep doing it. Is that a thing you can do? You can just keep igniting the flash on a Polaroid camera over and over and over and over. Well, the battery if there's dies. no, yeah, I mean, it, it, you put it so there's no film in there, and just set the flash off. Yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna say, unless there's an endless amount of film, yeah, you can shoot. It was a kind of a cool conceit for an idea when you the power goes out and you're using that to light your way. But it was like so dark, and I kind of got lost a little bit. And like, I don't know. I just felt like there were some good ideas that kind of like work against you a little bit in the game because mm. uh they could be a little frustrating um but the story again the story got me like i would love to talk about the story with you guys one day uh just because like i said the themes and like where it goes very interesting things to discuss how it deals with suicide like i told you guys in the, in the chomp cast it had the first playable suicide-esque sequence and I don't want to get again in the details. That, yeah, that's interesting because if we do talk about that at some point, like that's a thing that could could be very triggering, very easily be fumbled and just feel distasteful depending on how it's handled. But the the way you were talking about it doesn't sound like it necessarily goes down that route because I, I mean, uh, yeah, the reviews have been split on it. But honestly, without like I said, we're not going to get into those sort of details. But I did not feel like it was. Distasteful. I also, I wasn't. I thought it was effective. I wasn't blown away by it, but I, I thought it was effective. Um, but like the the thing I was telling Josh at the beginning of the podcast, Rich was like, despite some of the frustrations I had with the game and sort of like the production quality quality of certain aspects of the game being sort of like fine, I guess. Um, I I ended up staying up to like three in the morning because I had to see how it ended, and uh, so that's to some in in many ways pretty high praise for what it, I didn't expect. I did not think that was going to happen. I had to know what the fuck was going to happen in this game. Um, it's well, and the Montana setting was just a bonus that just for people that don't know, I actually live in Montana. It was just a weird, creepy bonus. So yeah, it's just one of those games where you're like, I don't get where this is going. I don't, and I'm not one of those people that's always trying to guess games like, where's it going? Where's it going? But and you know how these games are. That's kind of the point. Is like it's like a short three hour sort of mystery game. The whole point is sort of like, and when you have no idea where it's heading, that's intriguing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be, uh, 
I'd be curious. And like I said, there's a big uh, parallel to like um, Fi. Fuck the. Um, I just lost the name of that game. Firewatch, where you're talking to what was her name, Delilah, the whole time. Yeah. And so long ago, I don't remember. There's a yeah. There's only one character in the game that you're talking to, and you talk to that person constantly, and it's about the relationship you build with them. Um, it's probably it's not on Firewatch level, but it's again effective. So yeah, I, I would say you know props to what they were able to do with this game because you know f- for all the frustrating issues I had with it, um, I stayed up till three in the morning. I had to see it through, and it seems like a fun game to talk about, get some discourse going. So. Yeah. Hopefully we can talk about it down the road. Um, cool. The Suicide of Rachel Foster, if you haven't heard of it. Uh, so, again, thank you for all the codes from of all PR and all the developers today that we have mentioned. Um, it's been really interesting to kind of review and analyze all these games. So, And I was just double-checking on the... Sorry, I just wanted to double-check on the developer for... Yeah, 101 Games, Red All Games. Okay. Right, just making sure for Rachel Foster because there's a couple people involved. So, all right, we're gonna get out of here. Hope you enjoyed our little, uh, roughly hour long review cast, and uh, we'll be back with like another game or a new batch of games hopefully soon. So, thank you, Rich, for being here from New York, Josh from Michigan, of course, I'm Jenner Mountain Time Morgan in Montana, and uh, we'll see you next time for a new episode of the Chopcast. <laughs>